Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Charles Neiman, Senior Pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. All right. You guys ready to rock and roll tonight? So glad you're with me today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being in church. And I'm so glad to be able to share these incredible truths with you. Starting now, we're beginning a new series. All right, now we're going to be looking at some old truth, but from a new perspective. Does that sound good? You know, this Bible, we don't get new, we don't get new books in here. We don't get new chapters. Hello. Now, there's some places that get new books and new chapters, but... Uh, we, we, we're, 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 we're on this one. Amen. So uh, we're going to be looking at truth that we may have looked at before. You may have gone over with me before because some of you have been here, been with us for a while, but we're going to be looking at it from, from new perspective. Amen. So if you have your Bible with you tonight, open it with me to Mark, the fourth chapter, Mark chapter four. I've just been feeling in my heart now for some time. And I've been going over these verses for my own life for several weeks now. And I've just been feeling like, you know what, man, this has been speaking to me so much. Wow, I I bet many people could benefit from this, not just me. And so let's look here and mark the full chapter, all right? This is, our, our series is called Good Ground. Good, oh, there it is. Oh, it's right up there behind me, right? So, yeah. Mark the fourth chapter. Let's begin reading tonight in chapter, chapter four, verse one. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables. Now, if you don't know what a parable is, it is a style of teaching where you, it literally means parallel, where you take a truth from one realm to explain a truth in another realm. All right. Why, why can you do that? Because all truth runs parallel, right? Truth does not contradict. If I have a truth and you have a truth and our truths contradict, then one of us doesn't have a truth because truth runs parallel. All right. So this was Jesus' favorite way of teaching. And said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold. That simply means look and see, pay attention, wake up. Don't let this go by you. There went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass that as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And some fell on good ground and yielded fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And he said unto them, he that has ears to hear Let him hear. Now, I jotted down some notes. Good ground. Good ground. Now, isn't that really what all of us desire? Don't we all desire to be good ground? 
to be the kind of ground, the kind of life that takes the seed. Now think with me now. What does seed represent in life? I jotted down some thoughts. To me, seed represents potential. Seed represents opportunity. Seed can be wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Seed can be correction. How many of you know that oftentimes to be, to be good ground, you need to be correctable? Can I hear a good amen tonight? Right? So I believe that all of us desire a life that takes the seed, the potential, the opportunities, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the correction, and takes it into our lives so that that seed, the opportunity, the potential, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the correction, yields fruit. It yields fruit. Did you notice that? It said that the good ground yields fruit and increases and grows up. The word increases means that it causes that life to exceed causes that ground to exceed. It does more than you thought it could do. And then it causes that, that, that seed, that fruit to grow. It means also that it grows up. I love the term grows up. Write this down if you're taking notes. The word grows up means to cause to ascend, ascend from a lower level to a higher level. So this good ground receives the seed and that seed causes that life, that good ground to ascend from a lower level to a higher level. You know, I believe that you're here at church because you want your life to ascend from a lower level to a higher level. Why else would you come to church? Well, I mean, some people come to check out And I know that. All right. So then the question, then he says that it causes that life to ascend from a lower level to a higher level. But also look at this. And he says that it, it brings forth fruit at a 30, 60, and 100 rate. 30, 60, and 100 rate. Now, even if we don't really know what that means at this moment, it still sounds wonderful, doesn't it? To have that kind of fruit being born in your life and how, how or why, because you're good ground. Now, let's talk for a moment, all right? Let's ask this question. How does that happen? How does that happen? Or how do we become good ground? Okay, I'm going to stop. Pop test. How many of you want to be good ground? Amen. And the rest of you? You're happy being something else? Let's try that again. How many of you want to be good ground? Amen. All right. We want to be good ground. So I was thinking about this today. Good ground. Good ground, think with me now. Good ground isn't found, it's made. You know, I grew up as a boy 
just a few miles south from here. Just, if you just went down Zaragoza Road, just right down here, this is where I grew up as a boy. And much of that area that we call the Lower Valley, I, I think now that's not a politically correct term, but it's still how I know it, the Lower Valley, right? And much of that, when I was a boy, and still some of it, is farmland. And you can see farms down there. But when I was a young kid, they were, they were everywhere. And primarily cotton farms. Okay? But what I was thinking about today, and some of you are probably already ahead of me on this, and that's where I thought about this, that good ground isn't found, it's made. That land that those farmers would go out and plant their cotton in, they didn't find that land the way it was. They made it that way. Come on, talk to me tonight, right? Now, the land was there, but when they walked out on it, it was hard on the top and probably had weeds growing everywhere and maybe had rocks in it and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you do find a few rocks in the soil in El Paso. And so they had to go out and get all of that out to turn it into this incredibly good ground. And now you can see it producing. Can I hear a good amen tonight, right? So good ground, listen now, right? All of us raised our hands a moment ago and said that we want to be good ground. But good ground isn't found. Good ground is made. It's made. So if I want my life to be good ground so that it produces what the word of God intends for it to produce with all of its potential, with all of its opportunities, if I want that to happen, then I've got to make this good ground. There's not people that are good ground and can never and, and have always been good ground any more than there's people that are not good ground that can never become good ground. No, all of us can become good ground. All of us can become good ground. Every one of us can become good ground. Ground that brings forth 30, 60, and 100 is made, not found. Now, the first thing, are you taking notes? The first thing that Jesus says to us, and if you're not careful, you'll miss it. The first thing that causes my heart to become good ground, the first thing is found in verse 9. And he said unto them, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, the word hear, the second word hear there, means he that has ears to hear, let him understand. Let him understand. So, in a moment ago, I had all of you raise your hands to say that you wanted to be good ground. And what and we said that good ground is not found, it's made. So for my heart, your heart, my life, your life, to become good ground, number one, I've got to desire understanding. I've got to desire understanding. So 
How many of you also know that the Lord wants you to be good ground and desires for your life to bring forth 30, 60, and 100? How do you know that, Charles? Because the Bible says in John 15 that the more fruit our lives bear, the more glory our Father receives. So if God wants our lives to bring him glory, come on, talk to me now, right? So if God wants our lives to bring him glory and we want our lives to bring him glory, to bring him glory, we've got to bear fruit. But to bear fruit, we've got to understand, number one. So we've got to place a premium, a premium. So I asked myself this question as I was looking and I asked you the same question tonight. Is there a premium in your life on understanding? On understanding. Is there a premium in your life? Is that important to you? To gain understanding. We know. We understand because we desire to understand. Somebody give me an amen on that, right? You understand because you desire to understand. You know, today as I was writing down these notes, I thought about, wow, all of the opportunities I lost in all the years I went to school because I sat in a classroom where a teacher was presenting understanding, but because I didn't like the personality of the teacher or I didn't like being in school or I didn't like the subject or I didn't see the relevance of the subject to my life, I missed all those opportunities to understand. Why? Because the teacher wasn't teaching? No, the teacher was teaching. Because I didn't have a book? No, I had a book. Because the understanding wasn't being presented? No, the understanding was being presented. It's because I didn't desire to have the understanding. Come on, let's tell the truth tonight. In these services this weekend, there will be people that will walk out of here and say, wow, Charles was incredible. And there'll be people that will walk out of here this, this weekend and say, I didn't get a thing out of it. I didn't get a thing out of it. I don't know why so many people go to church at that abundant living. That guy bored me to tears. And then there'll be other people. Now, that's a very small number and it hardly ever happens. Amen. But come on, give me a better amen than that. Come on. I, I want to hear you all over the building. Give me a better amen than that. Right? So it does happen. I know. Go figure. But it points to, the, to what I'm trying to share with you tonight, right? We want to be good ground. I want to be good ground. I don't want to finish my life and God look at me and say, son, we gave you so much opportunity. We gave you so much potential. We gave you so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much understanding was available to you, but you didn't desire the understanding. You had ears to hear, but you didn't care about understanding. So the first step, I believe, in becoming good ground is to place a premium in your life on understanding. Hmm? Why do we desire understanding? Because we see the value. We see the impact, the potential, the opportunity that understanding God's word brings to our lives. And we also 
desire understanding because we understand, to quote my late dad, ain't no blessing on being dumb. I think that's quickly going to become a pillar, right? Ain't no blessing on being dumb. It doesn't work. Not going to get you anywhere. We have ears. Or as Jesus said, we have the ability to understand, will we? Will we incline my ears unto his sayings? Is that important to me? Do I desire understanding? Do you desire understanding? You and I can become good ground. Jesus desires it for our lives. He wants it more than you want it. But he's not going to make it. We are. Because we take what he teaches and we apply it to our lives. Are you learning anything tonight? Is this kind of challenging a little bit, all right? Let's go further in the chapter now, right? Go over down to verse 11. And Jesus said unto them, unto you it is given. Watch this. This is going to prove my previous statement that he wants you to become good ground. Unto you it is given to know or understand the mystery of the kingdom of God. It is given unto you. To know it, to understand, to comprehend the word no means. The mystery, the mystery is spiritual truth that is hidden unless you get explanation. So it's spiritual truth that is hidden unless you get explanation. But let me say to you, the explanation comes if you desire it. Have you ever met somebody or talked to somebody? I have. Oh my God, they used to search me out. Right? And they used to come up to me and say, I don't get this. I don't get you. And I'd say, Oh, yeah, it's all right. I don't get you either. And since we don't get each other, move on down the road. I think it, I don't say it. And they'll say, I've read the Bible. I'll say, Okay. I didn't get one thing out of it. Okay. And you'll be amazed how many of them just stand there and stare at me. Like somehow that's my fault. Or that negates what I get out of it. No, I get out of it because when I read it, I desire to understand it. If you don't desire to understand it, you won't get anything out of it. It'll be a mystery to you. It'll, it'll be a mystery. And that's where you hear people say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. It seems contradictory to people that don't want to understand it, that are looking for a reason to reject it. But if you want to understand it, it makes complete sense. Can I hear a good amen tonight? Right? It makes complete sense and it'll make your life better and it'll give you incredible potential and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 in your life. But we've got to place a premium on the understanding. Right? Therefore, with that knowledge in mind, with that verse in mind, we can say this, understanding comes 
to those in the kingdom of God. Because in verse 11, Jesus said, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So the word without means outside, that don't belong. Now, anyone can belong to the kingdom of God. Anyone can belong to the kingdom of God. It's not for a select few. It's, there's, it hasn't been preordained who's coming in the kingdom and who isn't. Anyone can come into the kingdom of God. So the knowledge is for you. Write this down if you're taking notes. The knowledge is for you so you can live in the kingdom and enjoy life in the kingdom of God. Remember Colossians 1. For he hath delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we live in the kingdom of God. And we live in that kingdom because we were taken from the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of God. And that kingdom, I remind you again tonight, is no different than living in the United States or Mexico or any other country in the world. It is a real kingdom and there are principles that govern that kingdom. And this parable was given so that you can learn how to live in the kingdom so you can understand, so that kingdom can bear fruit in your life. Hallelujah. 30, 60, and 100 fold so that you can become good ground and enjoy your life in the kingdom. Can I just give you an observation? How many of you know I've been doing this for more than like two weeks? And the more I think about this, the more I, I think... You know, I've met people that were not happy with their Christian experience. And, and I think oftentimes it's because they've never taken the steps, never gone through the process, never asked God to show them how to turn their ground into good ground. Because let's, let's say it again. Good ground isn't found, it's made. If you have time tomorrow and you're bored watching football, if you want to get in your car and drive down North Loop and drive down into, the, into Clint and Fabens, you'll see huge farms down there. Some of you didn't even know those are there. Huge farms down there. And you drive by it and you see that lounge ground turned up and looking fertile and ready to receive. And some of us even got uh, fruit and crops in the ground now that's ready to be harvested. The original farmers that found that, they didn't look like that when they found it. They made it that way. So when, when you come into the kingdom of God, your heart doesn't, doesn't, isn't good ground, but it can be. It can be. Come on, talk to me. It can be. And all of us can turn it into good ground. And I'm going to show you how. Not tonight, but we start tonight. But I already gave you one step. Understanding. Understanding. All right, let's continue on. Are you learning anything? Is this good? Having fun? All right. Mark, the fourth chapter. Go with me now to verse 13. Whoo, this verse is astounding to me. This is like... When I read this verse years ago and I read it for what it said, this was like, wow, I, I use this illustration a lot. To me, it was like a brick going through a window. It was that 
powerful coming into my life. And Jesus said unto them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? So we know, those of you who read your Bible or maybe even are somewhat acquainted with, with Jesus, you know that he taught lots of parables. These four gospels are full of parables. And now Jesus reveals to us that we must gain understanding of this parable because it's understanding the principle revealed in this parable that takes me from whatever ground I am to good ground. It's this parable and getting my heart to become good ground that is then going to enable me to understand the other parables so that I can apply those other parables to my life and have 30, 60, 100 fruit being born in my life by these other parables. But if I don't understand this one, I'm not going to under, the others are not going to bear their fruit in my life either. So this parable, to me, should have come with arrows pointing at it. It should have neon, like flashing. And if there's ever a parable that we ought to stop and look at and digest and take to heart, it's this one. Because when I put this one into operation in my life, the others are going to bear their fruit that God desires them to bear. But if I skip over this and I don't get this or I ignore this, then the others are not going to bear the fruit that they could bear. And I will submit to you, well, I'll, say, I'll wait and say that to you in a week or so. All right? Mark chapter 4. Now let's jump down to verse 14. Okay? So how many of us want to understand? How many of us want to understand this parable? Huh? Do we, under, do we want, have I presented the case to you tonight? Right? So we want to understand it. And verse 13 is kind of like, ta-da! Get it, Charles. Get it. Now, what's so wonderful is that this parable is one of the few parables that Jesus explains the parable so you can really get it. Some of the parables, he just teaches the parable and just moves on to another parable. And sometimes we just sit there and scratch our heads like, wow, this is going to take some study. But this one is going to take some study. But he explained it. Whew, I'm so grateful. So here we go. You ready to jump in? Here we go. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. Now, in verse 3, he said the sower sowed. <clears throat> in verse 14, we just uh, verse 15, we uh, verse 14 we discover that he sowed the word. So this is a parable, a teaching that reveals to us, okay, let's stop for a second. How many of us want to be good ground? So we all want to be good ground, right? And good ground isn't found, it's made. Okay? So before we go any further, right? Before I go any further, I understand now that this whole thing of being good ground and bringing forth 36 and 100 
is the result of my heart relationship with the word. So it's the word, the word coming into my heart and my heart being good ground. And when that word comes into that good ground, it's going to do its thing. It's going to spring and grow up. It's going to cause my life to grow and increase. It's going to cause me to ascend from a lower level to a higher level. I'm going to see 30-fold fruit, 60-fold fruit, 100-fold fruit in my life. Okay? Let's just be clear. Not because of Fox News. Not because of People Magazine. Because of the word. All right? Because of the word. The sower sows the word. So question number one. Wow, I want, I want, I want to be good ground. I want for the opportunities, the potential to, to present themselves and bring forth fruit. I want the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And it all comes because I'm having the word sown into my life. I'm having the word sown into my life. The seed of the kingdom of God is the word of God. That is the seed of the kingdom of God. Let me say that to you again. The seed of the kingdom of God is the word of God. That is the seed. And seed represents what? Potential. Opportunity. Increase. Fruit. A better future. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Seed represents that and so much more. So the Word is like seed. Now, that's brilliant. It's brilliant, and at the, also at the same time, it's very revealing. Because seed is nothing until it is planted in the soil that activates it. A farmer can have a barn full of seed and go broke and lose his farm. A farmer can have a barn full of seed and believe in the potential of the seed and go broke and lose his farm. Sounds crazy. And I know farmers don't do that. But I'm saying that to get our attention. You can have a Bible and your life not get any better. You can have a Bible next to your bed and your life not get any better. You can buy the CDs in the bookstore and your life not get any better. 
my brothers, my sisters, I know you know this, but let me remind you tonight. This is not like a good luck charm. This is not like a, something mystical or magical. Your life isn't going to get better just because you have a book, a Bible, in your house. Well, I know that, Pastor. Good for you. But if it is what it says it is, which is the seed of God for your life, and we want 30, 60, 100 fruit in our lives, then why do we spend so little time with it? I ask myself that question. I have all this time every day and quite honestly, I'm going to tell true confessions on Charles tonight. I spend more time watching television than I do with this. And then we grind our teeth and we get a little irritated because we read about all this spectacular stuff and it's not happening in our lives, even at a 30-fold fruit. When Jesus said it can bring forth 30, 60, and 100. So what am I doing with the seed? Is the seed being sown? Are you learning anything? Is the seed being sown? Is the seed being sown? Now, whenever you come to church, we sow the seed into you. And, and I believe we're pretty good sowers, right? And so we sow that seed into you and we study to give you understanding. That's why we give you all these definitions and we give you illustrations to, sow the, to bring that understanding to you. But at the end of the service, it's really about what you've done to receive it. But then, as good as the teaching is, Amen. thank you. As, I love it when you're so spontaneous like that. You don't need to be coached. As good as the teaching is, Amen. as good as the teaching is, Amen. it's not enough. It's not enough. All right? Let me get back to my notes because I want to, give you as much of this as I can tonight, right? So the sower sows the word. So the word then is the foundation, the seed, the beginning of life in the kingdom. There is no fruit without the seed. Amen. The sower, the Bible dictionary says the sower is the teacher that disseminates instruction. So the sower and the word, I love this. You know, I looked up the word word, you know me. And it's very, very powerful because in this teaching, Jesus said, it is a word spoken emphatically. So when the word 
of God speaks, it speaks authoritatively. It speaks emphatically. There's a umph to it. But do I hear it that way? Or do I hear it like, oh, really? Well, I, I, I don't know if I agree. When God's emphatic word is sown, all kinds of dominoes begin to fall. Ultimately, that seed makes it to good ground. Verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So ultimately, that seed makes it to good ground, as you will see in the weeks to come. You will see in this parable that there are four kinds of ground. Hear me now. Don't, don't drop out on me now because it's 630. Hang with me. Whoops. Forget I said that tomorrow morning. Whatever time it is tomorrow. You will see four kinds of ground. All of us, all of us will be in one of these grounds. All of us will be one of these soils. And we will get this now. This is critical. We will be those soils completely or in certain areas, we will be one kind of soil and in another area, another kind of soil and in another area, another kind of soil and in another area, another kind of soil. It's amazing. But remember, good ground, think about the farms, good ground that you see now, good ground may start one way, but can be made into good ground. Here's my last thought and then we'll stop. What is interesting is I've discovered, well, look with me, let's, let's just go through this. Can, can we take about two, two more minutes? Would that be cool? Verse 14, and these are, and the sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside or by the road. Soil by the road. Where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So the, the soil that would be next to the road, we would call it hard, right? Hard. Soil next to the road is hard. So there is, there are people that are hard-hearted. They're hard-hearted. Then he talks about another kind. Verse 16, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. So then there's stony ground. Then jump with me down to verse 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns. So there's thorny ground. And then there's 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground. But here's what's astounding. One of many things that are astounding is we're going to see in the weeks to come. What is interesting is that we can be hard-hearted in one area of our hearts and good ground in another area. 
at the same time. We can be hard-hearted concerning one area of God's word and at the same time be good ground in another area. Why? Because good ground is made and not found. Pastor, that, that's not possible. I'll bet you it is. And I'll give you an illustration out of my own life. There was a time in my life when I was hard ground when it came to the teaching on forgiveness. Didn't want to hear it. Rejected it. Didn't like it. I've said it to you before. Pray for your enemies. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I literally said to God once, yeah, right. When they're dead, I'll pray for them. Until then, don't let me see them. All right? And all the time the Bible's teaching about forgiveness. But at the same time, see, now, let's tell the truth now. I've got one more minute. You said I could have two more minutes. Okay? Let's tell the truth now. Why did I reject that? Hmm? I could have been good ground, and I am good ground to it now. But there was a time when I wasn't. Why? Because I didn't like it. I don't like to hear it. Just like I sat in school and listened to teachers teach math and I rejected it all. Why? Because I didn't want to hear it. I didn't like it. I thought it was dumb. I didn't see how it was going to apply to my life. But at the same time, Woo, my heart was good ground when it came to teaching on healing and prosperity and the abundant life that Jesus came to give me. Oh, my heart was good ground. So you can be hard-hearted in one place and good ground in another place. And a part of it comes from what we started off on 35 minutes ago, your desire to understand. So the first thing that happens is we have to battle through being hard-hearted and I'll show you how to do that next week. Did you learn some good things? Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a great hand clap for his word? Amen. Stand your feet with me, please. We're going to pray and I'll let you go. Good teaching, huh? We're off to a good start. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, thank you for speaking to us tonight. We asked you to and you did. And Lord, we receive your word into our hearts tonight. And we thank you for it. Speak to us. Give us understanding. Show us what we need to change and what our potential is and what your word can do in our lives. And we want it. We desire it. And we want to be good ground in every area of our life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Have fun tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.